This is the show with Cannon Brown. But I'm very, very excited for the opportunity to teach ag and to still continue to raise shell pigs because there's, first off, I don't know what I would do without kids and pigs. Like, that's just, it's been my passion from day one. And and teaching ag, I mean, it's it's all part of the same deal. It's all part of the same passion. I just get a little better paycheck, I think. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, it's steady. Consistent. It's yeah. a consistent paycheck. But, man, I'm, I'm pumped for, like, to, to coach teams and to... Yeah, dude. That last few minutes might have been a little confusing. You'd like to know who I was talking to, wouldn't you? What's going on, everybody? My name is Cannon Brown, and you are tuned in to the show. Welcome back. I've got a great guest for you guys today. His name is Mr. Kevin Rogers. Kevin's been probably my oldest friend within the livestock industry. Probably the oldest friend like that I still stay in touch with today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb and say that he is my oldest friend that I still stay in touch with today, guaranteed. We met uh, probably in 4-H, and then we became really, really good friends when we went to high school together and, and went to Gilbert FFA together, went to that whole program. We're on the same really competitive livestock judging team together. And then our paths kind of split, and I went to junior college after high school, and he stayed in Arizona uh, to go to U of A and, con- and to continue to raise really high-quality livestock here. I mean, it, he's uh, his passion has always been he wants to create the next generation. Uh, he's really engined in, into genetics, so it was kind of – it made sense for him to stay in Arizona. Where, where his pigs were, where his facilities were, it didn't make sense for him to go um, out of state to where he couldn't pursue his passion, and that's what he's done. And it's turned out really well for him. Kevin has uh, a really a, a good list of clients and families that he helps in Arizona um, just with anything to do with livestock, whether it be cattle, pigs. He might help out with goats and sheep. I have no idea. That might be a new thing that he needs to do. He needs to dip into the sheep and goat deal in Arizona. Kevin, if you're listening, which I hope you are, Dip into that deal. Why not? No. Stick with stick with what you're good at for now. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Kevin's a great guy. I'm glad that we could do a live interview together. It just works so much better. Uh, we did one at first, and I, I'm the worst, so we have technical difficulties all the time, and we had to do the whole thing over again, obviously, so that, that happens. But other than that, that's all I got for you this week. Follow me at the show pod. Uh, follow me on all my social medias. Like and subscribe. Leave a rating. Sure, go ahead, leave a rating. That's enough of me talking. Let's do it, Mr. Kevin Rogers. You're safer here than any place else. Now just lock yourself in and keep quiet. Mahogany. It smells Sorry. of a what? Rich mahogany, like wood. From Anchorman. Anchorman, yeah. How many boars are named after that movie? After what? After Anchorman? After Anchorman. There's a lot of boars named after... There's quite a few. Anchorman. Yeah. Uh, kind of a big deal. At Laird's. Okay. There's more. There's a shit ton. Like, Laird's and, and Wintex, they just... Yeah. They just watched the movie and were like, we uh, need all these I'm pre- names. I'm pretty sure Will <laughs> just sits there and just like, huh, that sounds good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, what else do you do when you have boars to name? You that just thing. watch sitcoms and watch funny movies and see what comes up. What's the up? other one? What? Oh, gosh. Uh, Wedding Crashers. Wedding Crashers, Rule yeah. Rule 21, Rule 51, Rule 1. Yeah. It's all yeah. pretty messed up stuff, but that's okay. We got a code five clinger, buddy. <laughs> That's a great movie, though. It is a good movie. Wedding Crashers, my, my underrated. The beginning, but 
It's a great one. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we're rolling. Uh, we're going right now. It's recording. Perfect. So are you ready? Yeah. Kevin. Cannon. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Okay. Here we have, uh, obviously I tell you who you're listening to in the intro, but I have Mr. Kevin Rogers here. That's my father. Don't, don't Mr. Ke- it's Mr. It's just Kevin. I have uh, Kevin Gary Rogers here. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and uh, Kevin's uh, one of my oldest friends. Probably my oldest friend. I'm not that old, though. I don't know what you mean. No, but like, <laughs> no, you're my youngest oldest friend. <laughs> Did that make any sense whatsoever? Probably not. Half. Kevin is, I guarantee, my oldest friend, and we met at our county fair. He's from Arizona. Uh, we went to the ha- same high school together, um, which is a, like we weren't supposed to. So we'll talk about that later in the po- spoilers. Uh, Foreshadowing. For- <laughs> um, so Kevin and I have known each other for a long time, and we've Many lived moves. together. Um, we're brothers. We're brothers. brothers. Okay. <laughs> Kevin, you just got back from Missouri. From Heimer Sale. Yeah. It looked incredible. It looked a little rainy. Yeah, Friday night or Friday afternoon during the Sal preview is a little rainy, but they stuck through it. Uh, uh, boots, if you're listening, you're a trooper, man. You were boots and and pace. God, they were just standing there in the rain. They were just, just killing it. it like men. You know, it was crazy. But yeah, no, the rain was good. But even after the rain, I mean, wow, incredible, incredible set of animals and, uh, even, you know, bred sows through the open gilts, just like, what an opportunity, you know, very, very good opportunity for a lot of people, and they, they sure cashed in on it, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I just, the environment that that has to be, I mean, we all know that, I, I guess we all don't know, but if you're in the show pig industry, you know that Jesse Heimer's kind of a big deal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> No, but seriously, I mean, the man is a genius when it comes to marketing. The man is a genius when it comes to genetics. I mean, he's doing a lot of great things. Uh, he's at the top of the game. So it, when you're in that environment, it has to just be incredible. It's incredible. And probably my first time like being there, I was just super nervous. Not this time, but like when I, I was at 2013 when I went back there for the first time. And you're just kind of like starstruck for a second. It's like holy cow, like, this is the guy that's really doing all this stuff, but then, like, now I'm, I go back there, and they've got, it's so different, man, like, they've got Ben Cooley there from Colorado, they, and Brian Funk with Flatland Show Pigs, and, uh, you know, Jordan Leatherman's back there with Final Drive, and Will Hilty's there, and they've just got all of these just massive minds, Yeah. and you, you don't see that in a lot of places where those types of guys are friends, or they're buying each other's livestock, or they're partnering on each other's livestock, like, that's a different type of I don't even know what to call it, but it's just, it's incredible when you can see those types of minds just get together and work together. It's pretty, pretty insane. They were all at that sale. Yeah. That's a, you're right. I mean, that doesn't happen often. I mean, the only time that that can happen is when you're at a show and they're usually competing against each other. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like in the livestock industry, I I guarantee you go to any state, go to any, you know, look at the major breeders and, uh, in any species, and I think it's probably pretty hard to say that. You, that I'm not comfortable saying every single one of them would go get a beer together, you know. No. But those guys would, and it was it's a cool environment to be in, you know. When sows are, you know what what those guys are thinking, and you can get a piece of their brain and like really understand where they're yeah. where they're moving with their uh, with their sow herd and stuff. It, 
You just try to be a fly on the wall. Oh, just soak yeah. in anything don't, that you can. Don't say a word. Just give me sh- all the secrets. Just shut up and listen because you never know. You know, they're always got good things going on there. But yeah, it was an incredible sale. Thanks to Jesse and Amy and Carl and Boots and Kathy, everybody. Shout out. And Ben and Ben and Gretchen. You guys are awesome. Shout out. You ended up getting one. Yeah, we bought lot 17. She's uh base camp sister. She's uh, a dirty secret. It's all good. Swagger space monkey. And if you if you like genetics, that's a I can tell you. I I made a Facebook post on the way back, and yeah. just the the depth. I mean, there's nothing in that pedigree that hasn't done something. Give me the depth. So uh, hold on. Let me let me just preface this. <laughs> I know all of you guys. If you're really into the show industry, y'all know somebody that is really into pedigrees. Okay, that's Kevin. That was that was Kevin for me. Kevin knew all the pedigrees. He knew all the genetics. He knew what to put with what. I didn't know any of this stuff. I didn't want to know it. To be honest with you, I think I've said this before on the podcast. I didn't really want to memorize all that stuff. But Kevin is a genius when it comes to genetics. <laughs> Tell me everything. Not a genius, but okay. So first... you got a great mem- like you got a great memory when it comes to it. Well, and I think it. We'll talk about it later too, but I think yeah. just having a story with a sow or with any sort of livestock makes it so much easier to sell. Yeah. Just, if if you can tie a story to a sow or to a, a weather or a dam, you know, whatever it is, it's just yeah. easy. So she's a dirty secret. It's all good. Swagger, space monkey. That swagger, space monkey sow on the, the Grand Dam is a litter mate to the Reserve Grand Barrow at Fort Worth from 2013. They bred her to It's All Good. They also, or no, they bred, they bred her to Swag. No. Shit. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, folks. <laughs> they bred her to It's All Good, and they also bred her to Contagious. So, lots of you guys know the Contagious sow, that's a full sib to the It's All Good sow, uh, was responsible for the Grand Barrow OIE in 2017. So, this sow is, they all stem from that yeah. Swagger Space Monkey. But if you go one side, it goes Pinnacle. Contagious Swagger Space Monkey on this sow I bought. She's a dirty secret. It's all good, Swagger Space Monkey. So the sow is a litter mate to base camp, full sib to last bottle, who is a boar that Jesse offered in the exchange last year. And uh, he offered last bottle and then the clone of Kiss My Socks. Will Hilty and the Thompson crew decided to take the Kiss My Socks clone. So Jesse kept last bottle. Um, she is a litter mate to Quick and Dirty's mom, who, if you don't know what Quick and Dirty is, look at Mock's place, and that boar is incredible. So, Quick and Dirty's mom is a litter mate to her. And then the new boar at Top Cut is a full uh, maternal sib um, out of the same sow, and he's a secret weapon on that It's All Good sow. So, packed full of genetics and packed full of good stuff. Really good. And she's bred to Goose Chase, so look us up in the fall and... Uh, I mean, our, our last bread sow turned out pretty good, so if you, want, if you feel like Western Bonanza's in your sights, no, I'm just playing. But <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the deal. is Here's why I wanted you to kind of go into genetics, especially with Heimer genetics, because you hear a lot of people on, on both sides. You say genetics are everything. I mean, you got to know the genetics. you got to know how far they go back to, to expect the progeny. And other people say, you know what, like sometimes – phenotype is good enough i mean sometimes you got to yeah. go out there and you got to they got to look like quality livestock heimer's one of those places nowadays where 
he's encompassed both. And I'm not trying to sit here and I'm not trying to like be a brown noser on high. You guys should have said, should have seen what Kevin just did. It's very inappropriate. I'm not trying to brown nose Heimer here, okay? But he's doing some good work in terms of genetics and phenotype, in terms of bringing bringing both of those together to where you don't really have to worry about either. Am I right or the no? guesswork's out of it? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the time, I mean, they've you've got the same backbone that goes back to that fifty three eleven black attack style, and now they they did the same thing with Roxy that that tapped that. Uh, tapped at oh black attack out that they bought at expo for 50, 40 grand back in 2014 and they're they're setting the foundation and once you do that i mean they've got sons out of those sows and they're breeding them to that have the same they're breeding them to daughters that have the same granddam or you know great granddam and when you tie good pieces together it's it's a lot easier that way than just guessing you know yeah no you're i, I like how you put that he's taking the guesswork out of it i, I think that's a good way to put it Okay, that's enough talking about Jesse. Jesse, come on the podcast, please. Um, <laughs> let's talk about uh, let's talk about you, Kevin. Now we're both from Arizona, and oh, wow. uh, yeah, I had no idea. Crazy, that's right? Amazing. <laughs> Arizona, like, kind of gets a bad rap in terms of the livestock industry, and awful. Maybe I actually think we're on the come up. Like, I think, I think so people are starting to realize that we have some good quality livestock here, but when we were growing up. You could have you could have said that Arizona was like Nevada, and I'm about to make a lot of people in Nevada wrong, uh, mad at me. Probably I don't think I have a lot of listeners in Nevada, so I'll, I'm gonna, You're definitely not going to after this. One. <laughs> I'm gonna torch him, bro. I really think like the whole country like just thought of Arizona as like oh they don't have anything. That's well, what, if, you, if you look at the commercial side, which and lots of you know livestock, it kind of mirrors it, but in, obviously in show pigs it really has no correlation, but. Yeah. You look at states like Iowa, where there's a big population of commercial pigs, there's also a huge population of show pigs. Yeah. Well, in Arizona, there's one pig farm, one commercial pig farm up in Taylor. Yeah. And that's it. So, there's not a whole lot of correlation there. Yeah. In Arizona, and that, at least when we were in high school, I think, like you said, it's on the come up now. I'd say there's probably, I was talking to my dad yesterday about it he went with me back there shout out thanks for spending father's day with me (laughs) (laughs) driving from missouri um but we're talking about like there's like six seven guys here now that at least have 10 sows that are raising quality livestock that could go compete you know in california all over the nation i think honestly just woo excuse me i brought pepsi and the pepsi just made me burp but (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) But yeah, there's like Arizona's definitely on the come up on the yeah. show pig side, the goat side. Oh my That's gosh. astronomical too. The cattle side, eh. There's some people that buy good cattle, but there's not a lot of, I wouldn't say there's the, you know, what? There's no Matt Lauders here. Let's there's not that. the, we don't have the numbers for cattle. Like there's a lot of people bringing in really nice cattle there. Oh yeah. But there's nobody raising that yeah. quality. Yeah. Um, and if you're raising cattle in Arizona, I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying they're not as good. <laughs> You're going to get a roasting on Facebook. Whatever. Now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> no, I think you're right. And I think um, sheep and goats, dude, I think our sheep and goats here in Arizona, and call me crazy, but they're top five. And I think they've been good for a long time, and they we just have haven't been. realized that. Like, they've been really good for a long time, and there's been a lot of good minds in that sheep and goat game for a long time here. 
I don't know if I'd say I, I couldn't put a number on it. You probably know more about the sheep and goat deal than I do, so I, I probably agree with you on that. But I don't know anything. I'm, I just talk out of my ass here. Oh, that's what that is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Goodness. No, but like I, I'm happy that Arizona's on the come up. I, I'm happy that we're getting on the map. Um, and it, and it has a lot to do with with Arizona Nationals. It does. And uh, you know what what your uncle did and my dad did and Shannon did with yeah. that. That's a big reason why people want to show pigs here. Yeah. So it upped yeah. the competitiveness for sure. I mean, from Arizona, a 150 Arizona, show yeah. to, you know, not having enough pens to be being at 1200 head in a place where you've never seen that, you know, at least I, not in a long time. I mean, oh, 100%. maybe never, <laughs> no, never. I mean, I, I've got a claim to fame to say that I won, Intermediate showmanship at Arizona Nationals. That was before it got big, though. and it was the two, it was two years before it, it, we aligned with the NSR and Team Purebred and all that jazz. Uh, and it was CPS. still, was still good. I'm still proud of you. But thank you so much. But it, I mean, that was astronomical. That that show change it it opened people people's minds up in Arizona. It Arizona changed the landscape. It changed of it. the entire year because you know no. we have our sailor circuit that runs all year round, but there's not a lot of people that are just going to raise a pig for sailor shows. You know, they're going to buy an Arizona Nationals guilt now and run it from July to Arizona Nationals and get some good use out of it. And then you get your one for County Fair after that and you're done. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks, ANLS. Appreciate it. <laughs> no, I, I, honestly, like, they, they did some good work. Excuse me. Now the Pepsi's <laughs> making me burp. <laughs> Now, um, when did you start showing? So your family's your family's very involved in Arizona ag- agriculture, raising alfalfa, raising cotton. Your family has yeah. a long history of being farmers. Yes. In Arizona, a couple days worth, you know. Now, how did how did you get into showing? Always been around the county fair. You know, my dad has been on the county fair board since I was a little tyke, which that wasn't very long, you know, it was like about a day and then I yeah. was six foot, but, <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, I've been around the County Fair. It was always something that I thought was cool, but it wasn't until like my older sister did it. And when Taylor decided that she was going to do it and my mom was like, okay, then we're going to have our own 4-H club. And then we got the neighbor kids involved and another family was like, okay, we'll help you with the 4-H club. And then to see that community come together and raise pigs, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. But I wasn't, like, totally sold on it until I saw a pig and got to hang out with it, honestly. Like, pigs are the smartest, coolest animals in the world. Like, personality-wise, like, smartness-wise, pigs are so smart. Yeah. And that kind of was a big – I like dogs a lot. So not that <clears> – <throat> I wasn't going to go show dogs because that's – Why not? Know, that's a little weird. How dare you? You don't show dogs either. But, I mean, <laughs> pigs are smart, and they have pers- – I wouldn't say they're exactly like dogs, obviously, but they are very, very, you know, smart. And that was a big draw to me. But just seeing, like – at first it was probably just like, oh, wow, I get to raise a pig for six months and sell it for two grand yeah, at the end check. of it. you get that check. You get that yeah. check, and you're like, wow, that's – you know, I could do this again next year. Popping bottles. <laughs> at, at 10, yeah, <laughs> you know, orange juice. But, <laughs> yeah, no, that – but just seeing Taylor do it and then – you know, we never really had a lot of success until, you know, down the road, but just seeing her have fun with it and seeing the other kids be involved and kind of that 4-H community, that was kind of the big draw into me and kind of just skyrocketed after that, you know, not right away by yeah. any means because it took years. <laughs> That's a lot to, like, actually 
it, at least for me, yeah. it took a lot to get invested into it. Yeah. And realize, like, get, hey, you, you got to kind of do this. Because I feel like unless you're born into a family, like, that raises show livestock and you understand what it takes day in and day out to be successful, you never really will know until you really want to know, I guess. Yeah. Like, you have to want it to be able to know because, I mean, we didn't, have, I mean, it wasn't until. We started showing pigs in 2003, I think it was Taylor's first year, and then we didn't win the county. We were like reserve at county fair in 2011. Yeah. Like, that's eight years. Yeah. Like, it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, there's other families that, speak of the devil, hey, Taylor, sorry, I'm recording a podcast right now. (laughs) Shout out, Um, Taylor. (laughs) But, you know, it's just like, it doesn't happen overnight for people that are raised in it. You know, I I envy those people like like Jesse's son, like Max. He gets it, and he's... 10 he turns turns 11 he's always seen it he's got his duroc herd and this kid could tell you everything about him yeah i couldn't when i was 10 dude i was just like oh yeah i got a pig out there it's on a free feeder (laughs) we're gonna take it to county fair in a month i like to pet it sometimes (laughs) (laughs) and i was scared to death to walk it in the front yard i I mean wouldn't barely walked it anyways yeah but just like gosh just the kids today that that are raised in that and that's what i hope they're indoctrinated into it yeah and just to to be able to raise kids like that in an area where they're gonna get so much out of it and it's pretty cool to see but yeah no taylor thanks taylor for that (laughs) yeah that's a good point though that i really haven't like thought about is like those families that have just like the parents have shown livestock showed livestock and maybe continued to raise raise livestock like after the showing the hogs are a perfect oh, example exactly the hogs are a perfect, perfect example. example those kids have not known a life without livestock so obviously they're just gonna think that's life i mean you get up you go do chores that's that's life and you know how to feed a pig <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, that, that takes us time. <laughs> when we start out <laughs> At like 11 or 12, 10 or 11, and then we just have our parents saying, oh, yeah, just go throw some feed into it. And then that county fair, we get our butts whooped, and then we're like, oh, maybe we shouldn't just pour the feed. <laughs> maybe like, we should try a little bit. You know what? You know what makes me mad is that kids today that are just getting into showing, they can know that they suck way quicker than we did. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, they can... They can get a pig, go to a jackpot show, and be like, oh, I need to work on this. We had to get a pig, wait six months, and then get our butts whipped to learn something. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's not fair. Yeah, I mean, fair is fair. But <laughs> I just thought about that, but like. Yeah, one, the, I don't, not that there wasn't as many opportunities when we were showing, but like, maybe we just didn't want to take them. Maybe. Because there were still sailing. There were still sailing and jackpot shows. It definitely shows. wasn't as big yeah. as it is now. But yeah. yeah. No, you're right. You're right. And there, I, I just, uh, I don't know. You're a little upset about that. that you didn't get to find out you suck sooner. Yeah. Because maybe if we found out we suck sooner, we would have been doing better sooner. But let me tell you about how I, how the first memory of Kevin that I have. We're gonna take a tangent here. Uh, the first memory of Kevin that I have, he was giving me false. He was one of the people that that was giving me false hopes at a county fair. I'm in a holding pen. I'm about to go into my actual... We're in a holding aisle. I'm about to go into the holding pen. Kevin's behind me. He he looks at my pig, looks down, and says, that pig's got a nice rear end. And I look at him. I said, you betcha. And you know what? I took that to heart, okay? I took it to heart, and I went into that ring thinking, I'm going to win this class. This kid just told me my pig's got a good rear end. 
I'm going to win this class. And you know what, Kevin? I didn't. <laughs> I got like sixth in class, but I thought that I you I thought you had given me the class. I thought you were the judge, basically. So <laughs> sorry, sorry to let you down, but uh, no, at you know ten years old, I pro. Uh, what? How old was I? How old do you think I was? You had to be like eleven. Yeah, they don't 12. let eleven year twelve year old kids judge shows these days. I don't or, think they do. Yeah, not even prodigies. What's yeah. Hogue's kid's name? He's going to be the one. <laughs> what? No, He's got two. Yeah, Nolan. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Nolan's older one? I think. I don't know. He's going to He's gonna be judging shows at 16 yeah. for sure. Yeah. We got to. That'll be funny though. Like, now that we're talking about this, like those kids that just grow up into it. Yeah. Like Rash's kids. Oh, yeah. Jeez. You got dads like that that are just ingrained in judging livestock. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I could do it. <laughs> that's a that's a lot, man. That's whew. it's a bunch. Yeah. No, and my my first memory of you, I think we we talked about it last time we recorded. This is the second take because Canon sucks. Everyone but... knows. My listeners know that <laughs> I have to do second takes sometimes because I'm really bad at technology, but they always feel better the second time. Yeah, and maybe, but <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was. <laughs> Cannon's uncle was uh he was friends with my parents and I don't know why they were friends but they still are friends but um I needed a whip I needed something to show my pig because I could not get this Chester shown like she was just nuts and Jeff was like oh here use my use my nephew Cannon's and then this kid just walks out of the room. I don't remember what his pig was but it's this cut off like <laughs> cattle pro like what, what cattle stick yeah like, it's like a it, it was a it's not a cattle stick it was like a um I could have It's swore. a pipe. It's like it was it's a metal pipe cuz they're the head trainers basically, right? Oh no, no you're no, talking no. about the wooden one. Yeah. The yellow one. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah. a that's a sorting stick, a wooden sorting <laughs> cattle sorting stick that yeah. was cut down yeah. and we put like a, uh, a grip on it. Yeah, that was what it was. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he walks in and puts his pig away and you know, that was like it. I just saw him and he gave me a stick and I, we didn't really talk much and I, we were just, you know, awkward 13, you know, 13-year-old kids and that was it, but you know, I knew like, man, this kid's got a good show stick. He probably is pretty good at like showing pigs, so maybe I'm gonna go have a chance. And I think I actually, if it was the year, I think it was. I think I had like reserve York or something, and I thought it was a stick, and I always want, I wanted that stick <laughs> you so wanted bad. It? I wanted it so bad, and I, I like asked Jeff, I'm like, dude, can I? Where can I get one of those? He's like, oh, it's a one of a kind, man. Like, it's a one. Of a kind. <laughs> it was a one of a kind. <laughs> I know, but like, I'm like, this guy's full of shit. Like, there, there's no way it's a one of a kind. You can go buy whips everywhere. But no, yeah, that that's funny, man. That's that's good memory. I still know, I still have that stick. I know I know exactly where that stick is. Where? It's uh, my cousins have it. Oh, my cousins that still show. They they uh, they Sheridan show, and show Sheridan and Cheyenne. They yeah. use it to train just because it's it's. I think it's fiberglass. It stood I think the it test was actually fiberglass. It's definitely stood the test of time. If it still works, man. I mean, it's it worked then. I, I don't know why it wouldn't work now. Here's the deal. We don't. Mess around with show sticks, buddy, okay? <laughs> we don't have these flimsy little show sticks. I want something stiff and sturdy because I want to get that pig's head up. I'm just kidding. At that point, we weren't even worried about getting <laughs> pig's head up. We're like, hey, can you go in a straight line, please? <laughs> yeah, serious. Thank you so much. How old were we when that happened? Can you remember? It was like 13 because it was – you were 13. We were 13, but you were a grade older than me. Yeah. So I was a sophomore. No, you were eighth grade. 
No way. Yeah. It wasn't that yes, early because was. I wasn't. Swear sh- to God, I was. I dude, sh- I swear to God, because you were eighth grade, and then the next year you went to high school, and you like went to high school with Taylor for that year. Yes, I swear. But I wasn't thirteen when I went into high school. I no, was, no, I was, no, I was 14. twelve when I went into high school. What? Yeah. Not, not, that doesn't make any sense. I'm not joking. <laughs> I was twelve when I went into high school. Oh, that doesn't I'm make, lying. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Okay, you're so you're not that smart. <laughs> like, yeah. I skipped a grade. People are gonna hate this shit. <laughs> okay, so I was 13, and that's when they started. I thought it was later. I thought we were like 14, we 14 or 15. We could have been. We could have been. This is. Why are we talking about this? It doesn't matter. Yeah, shut up, Cannon. This is a dumb <laughs> topic. Awful, awful tangent. So, uh, okay, so your parents go like full bore into it. I mean, you Taylor gets your older sister Taylor gets a pig. You kind of figure out that you like it. Your parents start a 4-H club. Yeah. Uh, the community kind of joins in. The Slades, is that the other yeah. family? that? No, it was they they kind of were a couple years later, but okay. it was the Massey family that lived down the street from us. And then it was like two, three years later, the Slades joined and the Masons joined. And okay. There's, it's there's uh, still there for each club today. The Masons and the Slades still run it there in Lehigh, and uh, yeah, no, it, it was just crazy to see the once people saw pigs in the in the community, they're like everybody wanted to get a pig. Oh, and yeah. that's kind of still how it is today, you know. Like your little friend Johnny gets a pig. You're like, well, mom, I want a pig now, and they're like, well, crap, we got to get him a pig. Yeah. So everybody gets their pigs. But then, you know, man, it was just so different. There's only really one place to get them. You know, there was Jackie's. Yeah. Shannon was still coming up, kind of. And uh, I would say for a majority, it was Jackie brought Jackie, in 250 yeah. pigs. She would breed some and get them from Oklahoma. And you go spend 175 and that was it. You get you pick a number. You, and, you pay 175 pick a lottery number, and what your turn. And it worked, man. That was the best thing. I missed that. The fairest way to do it. But... You gotta make money today, man. You're right. And pig, the show pigs today are worth a hair more well, than they were then. It's a completely different industry now that, or from when, and no one knows who we're talking about. But Jackie Acamezo, she's, uh, she's an incredible lady on the west side of Phoenix that helped hundreds, if not thousands, probably of thousands, kids, yeah. probably definitely thousands of young people <laughs> get a pig, get a project for for. The cheapest price that she could go, basically. I mean, yeah. that had to be but basically then, cost. But then, like, the the base price was probably less for her. So, yeah. Like a lot of guys today, I mean, they're you you're like, oh, I want to spend three hundred bucks. Well, they're gonna get you a two hundred fifty dollar pig. Yeah. And that's kind of just people are just sucky like that. That's not well. how I am, but that's just <laughs> people just suck sometimes, you know. Yeah. But she, I mean, I, I don't think she wasn't making any money. I, it, she wouldn't have kept doing it if yeah. she wasn't making any money. You can make a little bit. A little bit. But, and then throughout the years, it was like I was nine and it was like 175. And by the time I was really getting into it, like 14, 15, it was like 350. Yeah, it had to be 350. That, yeah. You know, that's kind of how the times went. And that's yeah. kind of still how it is today for a lot of folks. They don't want to spend more than 350. And that's fine. But, man, to see like. A bear sale for $31,000. Like, there was a, a sow that sold last weekend, and she's like, oh, yeah, this is the mom of the $30,000 barrow that Grady bought last year at Perfect Timing. And I'm just like, a barrow? <laughs> a barrow? <laughs> <laughs> like, for how much? Wasn't and, that and did a... Did it win? <laughs> didn't Wintech sell a lot of barrows like that, like, a couple of years back? Oh, they dude. sold, like, $30,000 barrows. I'm sure. Wintech, Heimer, on Walter, Stolquist. I got, a, I got a question for all you Texas guys that are buying $30,000 barrows. <laughs> Why? <Oil money. laughs> 
Why? Oil money. Yeah, but... Because if you win a Texas major, you get scholarships. Scholarships. Okay. That's fair. So you spend 30 grand, you make 100 grand. That's fair. You spend 30 grand, you get second in class, though. That's a little rough. (laughs) But that's why, I mean, that's why you gotta be good at picking them. Just because it's a $30,000 pig doesn't mean it's gonna win anything. Yeah. Regardless of where it's from. And that's where genetics come into play a little bit, I think. A little bit of genetics and knowing how they're gonna grow and the maturity patterns. Gotta be thinking about that stuff. Just because it's bloomy on day one doesn't mean it's gonna stay bloomy to day, you know, six months. Like, it just doesn't work that way. Now, you deal with, uh, you've kind of got a little uh, customer base, client base in Arizona, and we were talking about prices. And we don't have to get into it if you don't want to, but what's your average price that somebody comes up to you and says, hey, I want to be, I want to get a pig? I would say just there's a large majority of, I think you could sell pigs all day for $300 to $700. Yeah. In Arizona, at least. Yeah. I think that's a really good price point, and that's probably where I deal with the majority of customers. And then you've got people that want to buy that higher quality animal. And that's not to say that I've won a lot of shows with $250 pigs today. Yeah. You know, $600 pigs. Like, But if you want to take that extra step and take that one that's a little bit extra on day one and have, I think, a better shot... Spend a thousand bucks. Yeah. Spend fifteen hundred bucks. Spend you know, spend whatever you're comfortable spending and get that pig that you think is gonna get you the backdrop because it takes a lot of conviction and you know to believe in an animal that much. So you better believe in that animal, you know. That's what I think. It's not just about the feed, it's you gotta have faith in that animal, man, because they gotta know how to eat right, they gotta know how to drink water right, because it's not just, you know, if they if they're off water, you're not gonna win. If they're not yeah. drinking, you're not winning for sure. They're not hydrated. So it's kinda just I would say at least in Arizona, at least for me, it's a large quantity of three hundred to seven hundred dollar pigs, yeah. and that's it's good. Yeah. It's definitely good. Um, but then I still have that higher market of pigs that there's fewer people that wanna buy them, but they still People will never stop buying good pigs. Yeah. That is, I've seen that through COVID. You look at any online sale that's gone on $3,000. There was a, oh God, what sale was it? Oh, it was the Heimer sale that I bought a guilt out of two weeks ago. Barra sold for, I think it was like four or five grand. And I'm just like, COVID's not stopping anybody. Yeah. You know, and even the Brett's house sale, like with how much money it grossed, like no one's stopping buying good livestock. Yeah. So. I think it, there's always going to be a place for good livestock in the industry, in the world, even without it. So. Did you ever? Did you have any like first year customers this year that like had something that tried to take it to the county fair and it kind of like you didn't have a county fair? There was a couple, and it's it's tough because without the that's the live show. It's really I don't want to say it's not fair because we won a lot of virtual shows this spring. But it's hard. You know, we had a first-year customer that ended up winning their virtual show. Oh, wow. And that's awesome. Yeah. But, like, it's hard for the kids who have been doing it for six years that have this down to a science that can get them shown every day and, you know, get them fed and get them walked and they got it right. But that bear just sucks in video. Like, it sucks, you know. Because video's it, tough. Video's really tough. Video's you got to be really good at it. And, like, what what Walton does and what Jeff's doing with uh, Virtual Stock Show, like, it's tough to win those deals. I think no. it's probably tougher to win those deals than is a live show, honestly, because everything's got to be perfect. Well, maybe not tougher, but it's tough. <laughs> it's if you know how to work a camera, 
it can be really good. Really easy, yeah. Because you can hide a lot of stuff if you really want to. And I'm not talking I'm not talking shit about like virtual shows. Obviously, Jeff is my uncle. He played a major role in virtual stock show, what Walton did. And there was really a good huge, and... huge, huge need for it. Oh, there was I a mean... definitely oh it was incredible what, what happened when everybody was like, Okay, what do we do? Virtual stock show came. Everyone needed that, especially for the sales. I mean, I think a lot of people don't know about the sales portion of Virtual Stock Show, but they were putting on sales for these county fairs and doing extremely well. I mean, I, I know that Maricopa County, uh, our county that we're from, one of the largest county fairs on the West Coast, they had a better sale on the virtual sale than they've had in years. Well, not better, but what my dad was telling people is that we usually average just close to a million, and I think they were at 850. Okay. And well, that's... But for being in yeah. a, a a recession, quote unquote, I'm yeah. using air quotes. He's not. I was. So <laughs> it's eight fifty out of a million. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's really really good, and that's just to help those kids for next year. Because without that, they would have been sol, and yeah. I wouldn't have a place here. Because without the kids, we got nothing, man. Well, that's why I asked because, and I think I'm. I think I've said this on here before, but what I'm really scared about is those first year kids. That get a bad taste in their they mouth. They get a really bad, like, they don't even know what the heck just happened. They were just like, well, now I'm stuck with this pig, or I gotta find a place to process it. Oh, shoot, I gotta sell it for 250 bucks now hanging. Yeah. Like, it's. I didn't have any personal yeah. things like that happen. We actually had the better thing happen and win the fair, yeah. and that was great. But, uh, yeah, it, it definitely, there's some scary things like that because this, but I think the agriculture community is the best community there is i mean as a whole we this covid deal has really just shown how we band together whether we're friends or not if you're involved in ag we take care of each other honestly that's just how it is that's what happened at maricopa that's what happened at pinal that's what happened at pima that's what happened at every major county in arizona that had a spring fair and and hopefully we're gonna get to have all our fall county fairs and we're they're not gonna have to deal with what we had to deal with but I know if we do, the community will come together just as yeah. strong as it did for the other counties. Now, I might have asked you this on the last one, but I want to get your opinion on it. Opinion-based question here. Ooh. We were talking about prices earlier, so yeah. I want to bring it back to that. Do you ever think it's going to slow down? Like with all all of these producers are putting more and more money into their into their outfits, into their fern, like in, into everything that they have. But we still have these families that are like, want $500 pigs, $250 pigs, when the industry is going to, hey, if you want a pig, it's 750 bucks. Well, not even that, but if you want to be competitive. Yeah. But like I said before, like I've won a lot of shows with $250 pigs. Do I think the market for high dollar show pigs is ever going to slow down? Absolutely not. Not not just show pigs. I'm talking everything. Show livestock. Show livestock. Absolutely yeah. not. You think it's just going to keep trucking? It's going to... I don't see how it could slow down unless everything gets shut down. But that's not going to happen. We wouldn't let that happen. It's obviously they're still having live shows, you know. And it's funny that we're recording this now in Arizona. Like, we're, we're supposedly worse with COVID. Yeah. But like when we recorded the first time, it was like, we're just opening up and everything's yeah. getting better. And we're on the up and up. And we're like, oh yeah, everything's great. But... I don't see it slowing down one bit. Cattle, sheep, hogs, goats. Like, people want to win. And 
Not that that's the best motivator. Yeah. But for a lot of dads out there, for a lot of the jocks out there, it's a big driving force. They want to win, and money is no object when you have enough of it. Yeah. And so if you think that barrel or that that steer is going to get you to the backdrop, I don't think you know some dads will spend, or moms or whoever it is, there's no amount of money they won't spend. And I think as it keeps growing and people keep, you know, I always like I always think like a first year customer is just getting their feet wet. Once they get that itch, man. No. Like the, for me, you know, like we bought pigs for three hundred bucks, and then I started going to Shannon. And we got pigs for you know six, seven hundred bucks, and then I moved and got pigs from Heimer, and I'm spending thousands of dollars. Yeah. And we're winning, and that's awesome. But like, you're you're not thinking about it, like. Did you ever think that that $300 person was going to jump in to buy a guilt for six grand three years later, four years later? Absolutely not. Mm. But when people get the itch, man, when people want to win and when kids are passionate about it, I think parents are very, very willing to, to spend. And that's why I think just the stock show industry is growing astronomically, especially in like a small state like Arizona. Look at Idaho. Look at Washington State. Look at Oregon. Like Those are the states that I wouldn't consider... But I consider them a lot like Arizona, just not being livestock states. Yeah. And they're growing astronomically. And even in Oklahoma, Texas, Missouri, Iowa, Indiana, it's it's insane. Yeah. So, short answer, no. Okay. Okay. Well. Do you have a different thought on that? I don't know. I just feel like... I feel like there's there has to be a cap somewhere. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Ne- I like, thought so too, but then sky's the limit goes and brings $370,000 and I'm like, there's nothing people will not spend to win. And not that he sired a lot of winning show pigs, but he sired a lot of sows that are behind a lot of good animals that are behind good winning show pigs. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you, but here's what I'm afraid of. And I know these producers have to sell these quality livestock for this amount of money to, to run going. their deal. Yeah, they have yeah. to run their operation. But what I'm afraid of is they're going to get used to all this money that are com- that's coming in. All this like good, good money for this livestock that's coming in, yeah. which doesn't go by any market whatsoever. I mean, it's just... It's, just it's not of, comparable to the commercial it's market at all. all cultural. Yep. It's all cultural. That's all it is. Yeah. And what I'm afraid of is... Something's going to happen. I don't know what it is. And then people aren't going to want to spend $2,000 on a gilt, $2,000 on a barrel, or even $1,500 on a gilt. Or not even that low because, and I'm not saying like $2,000 isn't a lot of money. But. Cannon's like, yeah, we bought, what was that gilt's name that you guys bought from Stokeways for like eight grand? Yeah. Uh, what was her name? <laughs> Blue Moon. Blue Moon. We named her Blue Moon. and She uh, didn't have a single pig. She didn't. No, she was infertile AF. Yeah. So here's my thought, dude. Like, first off, you can't, you have to obviously be prepared for the worst to happen, I think. But at the same time, you got to keep your head up. You got to be positive. You got to, when the train's riding, you got to keep rolling and keep riding and hang on because you don't know when it's going to stop. Yeah. Because I'm sure at some point it will. My biggest fear is that we're going to get so big that it's going to discourage new families from starting. That's a that's a real fear. That's my biggest fear is because I try to I try to be open to helping everybody. Like I said, I have people that will buy pigs for $300. I got people that will buy pigs for $5,000. 
you got to make sure that that door is open because you never know when the next family is going to walk in that's going to turn into your best show family. Yeah. No, I agree with that, though, because it can go the other way. It can go where the industry doesn't have a cap on it, and it doesn't stop, and we keep raising prices on everything, and people are cool with it. But then we ostracize those other new families that just want to get a pig, just want to go to the show. But here's the other thing behind that, though. There's a lot of bad pigs that are raised, a lot of them. That's not, true. Not awful, but yeah. there's a lot of pigs that don't win shows. You know, yeah. how, like what, how many pigs are there? There's, there's 1,200 pigs there on nationals. How many win grand champion overall? Two. There's a grand baron and a grand gill. That's it. Two pigs win. There's a lot of other pigs that don't win. So, yeah, it's going to motivate people to want to spend more. But you got to remember that there's still going to be a small pig in that litter that's green that doesn't look like it's going to have a day. Like Cheyenne's Barrow that wins yep. Arizona Nationals in 2016, a no-sale pig. No-sale pig. That she gets for 300 bucks as a replacement for her guilt that dies. Or some whatever. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there's still going to be those sweetheart stories. There's still going to be $300 pigs because people want to win, but there's not... Not every litter has a $6,000 guilt in it. Not every litter has a herd boar in it, you know? Yeah. That's... At least in the show pig deal. The cattle deal is a whole different monster that I could never even imagine. Like, people spend stupid money on cattle. Well, I, I think you're right. I think there's a, oh, lot, there's a lot of livestock out there. There's going to be livestock that's sold for just an average price. I mean, that's just how it's going to go. And I hope you're right. I just, I want to be devil's advocate. You got, you got to. If you're not thinking about the future and if you're not prepared for what could happen... Then you're gonna get hit in the face when it does because yeah. Murphy's law. You know what can go wrong will go wrong at some point. So. Yeah. Well, and this is what I ask. I ask a lot of people. Like I had Ernest on, and I asked him. I'm like, "What are you gonna do when this shit hit? Like, if this hits the fan at some point, what are you gonna do? Because he's basically Full made time. his livelihood yep. on raising pigs, helping people with livestock. Yep. He, he's built a community there, which is awesome. Follow. Uh, Ernest Donahoe show pigs on everything. He's a great guy. But the question needs to be asked. Yeah. Like, what do you do? You got to have a backup plan. Yeah. I mean. That's why you're. That's why I'm an ag teacher. You just got hired. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. No, I mean. And, uh, and not just. I mean, yeah, I've got a college degree and that's great. But not even that. Just like we were so scared about uh, African swine flu coming. Yeah. And. We were scared. Where did that go? Right, right. Oh my Where gosh, I forgot go? about that. Actually, and I listened to your podcast with Shannon, and he bought like thirty does. Yeah, and kind of not just because he was nervous. He was, yeah. he, but part, he partially because yeah. he was nervous, and that was a good backup plan. But people are going to diversify their livestock operations. People are going to have to think outside the box a little bit because without a county fair, and that's you know that's Peta's goal. You know, is to make there be no. no, no livestock shows or one of their goals they got a lot of stupid goals but you know there's a lot of things coming from different directions whether it's disease whether it's actually man that wants to shut it down or a man-made disease like covid that has had a big impact you know man-made i don't know if it's man-made sorry but <laughs> it might have came from the bat but <laughs> i don't know it's but, china oh china oh my god <laughs> what is it the kung flu isn't that what he just called it <laughs> Oh stop, gosh, that stop. boy! Get off Twitter. Okay, um, okay. You just got hired on to be an ag teacher. Yes, thank you, Desert Ridge. Shout out Desert Ridge it, for guys. hiring this young lad. 
uh, on as an ag teacher. We went to high school together. We went to the best agriculture program in the state for high school, Gilbert High School. Shout out. Go Tigers. just. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I, I think we had some really good role models for you for us to like look up to oh, yeah. at Gilbert. We had some great people uh, that motivated us and kind of pointed us in the right direction. And ultimately, I mean it. I mean you're doing what they're doing now, so obviously it had, it had a huge effect on you. Had a huge effect, and it all starts at the top. Like they had the principal that was super supportive, Doctor Santa Cruz. Yeah. Like he was so supportive of the ag program and they have mr daly who's the ct director super supportive of all fa programs throughout the district and you got mr bouchon and mr johnson at the time miss alderman that were super passionate about teaching ag and there were what three four hundred kids running through all the classes in the ag program i mean it was a time man time to be alive and such great role models. I there's a lot of good act teachers, and everybody has their their mentors and their people that they really you know give a lot of their influence to. But Mr. Bouchon and Mr. Johnson, I really appreciate it because without especially Mr. Johnson kicking me in the head a few times, not actually, yeah. but mentally kind of. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. You know, keeping us on our toes and making sure that you know we're doing the right things and holding us accountable. I think that's a, something that we don't do as much of today as they did for us is just hold people accountable because people get to say oh yeah you know a man's word means nothing anymore you know saying like anything just unless you have a signed document that's basically it today and there's a handful of people that'll still do business with a handshake and like my dad's one of the few left but he will you know but it's scary. That that scares the crap out of me. Anyways, but <laughs> you're about to get on a scary yeah, tangent. I know. You have humanity. Some, you have some bad stuff about humanity going on. Humanity or scares me. But it, it there's does. a lot of hope for humanity too. We'll talk, that's a that's a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I agree with you. I mean Johnson uh, Johnson in particular. I mean Johnson's a hard ass. He'd been teaching for so long. By the time we got there. He had seen our kind before. He knew what we were about. He knew as soon as he saw as soon as he saw me, he's like, "Boy, you better get out of here." I I still think to this day Johnson hates my guts. No, Bashong, I love Bashong, and I, I think I can get along with Bashong. Johnson, he still scares me. I have a lot of respect for you, Johnson. I don't think he listens, but Ken, Ken Johnson, if you're listening, thank you. We respect you. All right. Yeah, I've talked to him a bunch just in the past couple months with all the interviews i've had and everything and he's been a great help to me and i can hear that how dare you can you hear this <laughs> what's Ke- wrong kevin was tapping on the thing and oh I, you can hear the tap. i can hear oh, it yeah that's da, what i was saying da, da, da. Just sorry <laughs> <laughs> sorry okay so you're talking to johnson yeah no i just i appreciate you know like him and mr b just being so open with the the process of being hired because like I was like, so what do I do if I get offered this job? But I, you know, there's another job that I really want that's down the road. He's like, well, I didn't have that problem. I got hired the first place that I wanted, and I was like, okay, okay, <laughs> and that's great. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> that's funny. I I've thought about that a lot, but I haven't said it. <laughs> I haven't talked about it. But that just it cracked me up when I was talking to him. You're just but, like, all right, guy. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the help. But, man, just a lot of people like those guys, you know, and, and my dad and your uncle that are so open and willing to help people that that's how us young guys get a foot in the door, you know. Yeah. You know, thanks, you know, all those guys and Jesse. And those are the people that help mold us and mold the next generation. And without us being open to the next generation, 
they're not going to be where we are. Yeah. So that's scary. But Gilbert High School, awesome ag program. Our livestock judging team was really, really good, even though we never won state. I, I think <laughs> I think we're the best livestock judging team to never win <laughs> to never win a state competition. I mean, district. I stand, I stand by that. District, state, nationals. Or not state FFA, but state fair, Arizona <laughs> Nationals, all the ch- ch- just little little contests, <laughs> little we contests went to. that don't matter. Yeah, we yeah. would just go all in and ones. wipe the floor. And I'm like the Millennium one. Do you remember when they had the Millennium one? I do. Yeah. And I, I went out there and I just talked the best set of reasons of my Didn't life. Did you drop like zero? Ah, that's not true. But Basically. we did good. I'm not Adrian Austin. Sorry. <laughs> true. Shout out Adrian. Um, no, I completely agree. We, we were the best in Arizona that didn't win a state contest only because we are really bad at studying a thousand questions for a 50 question test. And I think it's hard. I think that I don't like it. I don't like it either. I don't like that. I still don't like it, but it has its place. It does. You have to be knowledgeable, but at the same time, like the best livestock judger should win the best creed speaker should win the best job interviewee should win yeah and that's my thought process behind it all but that's whatever that's well, fine they, uh, national ffa obviously has a a plan whatever with their test but here's the deal and i know every if there's an ffa kid listening i don't know if they've changed or tested all but you know what we're talking about that test was dumb and i didn't like it and we should have won state like three times, <laughs> but Kevin and I, actually Sydney and some uh, Sydney and Sam were pretty good at the test. Like Taylor was decent at the test. I think it was just us. Like yeah. we didn't study. We wanted to be we good studied. at reasons. We just I just like looking at pigs more than yeah. I liked studying for a test. Yeah, I would rather look at a sow or a gilt than read a thousand questions a million times i remember so. the only question i remember is like uh when we were talking about like main and <laughs> we would just like say that randomly or like what was our favorite word for reasons capacious capacious yeah <laughs> and that has no place in the lifestyle <laughs> yeah i know that was <laughs> our favorite place. word for so long in high school i would just like Kevin and I were like, capacious, we gotta use this word. And I'm guessing like you went to you went to uh, Wyoming and they were like, don't ever use that word. Yeah, this female right here, she's real capacious. And then Jeremy Burkett, the head judging coach, is like, don't ever say that again. That... <laughs> your, your scholarship is gone. Yeah, revoked. Go, drive back down to Arizona. You're you're done. <laughs> you're out. Not a good word. Don't use it. <laughs> I still think it's a good I like like, descriptive I word. Like it. I still think it is. Now, uh, you've done a couple things since high school. Just a couple, though. A couple things. So, first of all... Wait, shout out Meat Slab, bro. We didn't even oh, get the Meat Slab. Oh, shout out Meat Slab. Okay, yeah. so... I don't know if you talked about it on other talk about podcasts it, talk about before, it. but Gilbert High School is the only high school in Arizona currently. I know there's a couple that are thinking about it, but currently that has a Meat Slab program where kids get to be a part of the harvesting and processing of livestock for meat. And let me tell you, folks, whether you are for eating meat or not, it's a process that you have to appreciate because that's what animals were put on this world to do. Yeah. I mean, pigs turn into bacon, cattle turn into steak, sheep turn into nothing because they're gross. But Lamb, mutton. No, just not. Okay. N- nobody eats sheep. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, whatever. It's, <laughs> sorry, but <laughs> what a cool like thing to be able to grow up. And like when Taylor went there... 
and she got to go in the meets program i was like okay two years that sucks it's far away from now because yeah. i was a freshman when she was a junior but i was like i'm gonna do it like i'm gonna get in there i'm gonna do it because we always took our pigs there after county oh, fair yeah. and bouchong would do it and with roy and, and they would just get it done and man just to know the process and to be able to be a part of it it's a really good skill to have like i mean you today are still using those skills to have a job right now yeah. you know and uh just those type of soft skills and life skills and, you know, real career skills are what our kids are missing out on. But for ag programs like Gilbert and, you know, other ones that are specialized like that, wow, what an opportunity for those kids and what an opportunity for us it was. It was I really agree. great opportunity. And it was it was only for juniors and seniors. It was kind of a higher level class and you got there at A hour, before first hour, early in the morning. Steam was coming off the steer as it was in the chute. And literally, guys, the only thing the, the teacher did was hit it with the bolt gun. That's all Bashong did. And from there on, it was all students. And it was pretty crazy. I mean, it's pretty crazy to think, like, I think there's a couple high schools in the country that do it. I think there's like three. Yeah. But that, in that Arizona, the just, well, I know there's a couple that are, are there have been whispers. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I'm in the ag teacher community now. I so. guess so. Big deal. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. But, I mean, there's – it's what a cool opportunity. And, I like, even at uh, at Chandler, um, AJ Arrueta, they uh, they process chickens. I didn't know do that. They? Yeah, I didn't know that. He was at my graduation party a couple weeks ago, and he was talking to me about it. And it's just what – like, they, and they do it with students. How cool. You know? Very cool. That is really cool, yeah. actually. I mean, if you can't have a whole processing facility, you want to process small. chickens. Yeah. yeah. Sell it to the community. Yeah, yeah teach cool. a kid's – because t- kid, kids need to learn the process of life. I mean, they, they, they just think they go to a grocery store, pick up a breast, and they're like, okay, not those. <laughs> they go to the grocery store, go to the chicken section, pick up some thighs, and they think that's it. They think that's how it goes. Oh, Tyson did it. Whatever. This guy Tyson. <laughs> Mike Tyson. This guy Sanderson <laughs> uh, got my chicken for me. No. And okay. you, know, you know what's a really good, like, I was just thinking about this, a really good thing to think about, like, Think about, like, The Walking Dead. Yeah. When they finally get to the point of the show where they're, like, building a community, if those people didn't know how to farm yeah, or raise livestock yeah. or scavenge, I guess, but but for most, of, for most of it, it's, you know, farming and raising livestock, they would have died very quickly. Those but are the they, essentials. But they lasted 10 seasons. So I'm, I'm just saying, like, these kids need to know because just in case there is a zombie apocalypse, hopefully they're not, yeah. but just in case... It'd be good to know. How did that? How did that go for ten seasons? It's still going. What? Yeah. It was rough after two. After season two, it, it, I started. I, like, I, I rewatched it during COVID. I watched it all the way up to season nine, and ten's like supposed to release like soon on Netflix. But is it the same cast? Is it like this? Is, is, are Rick there... dies. Spoilers. Yeah, Carl dies. I knew that. Carl. That's not how. That's Carl. Not, <laughs> that's not when he died. But <laughs> what about uh, what about the crossbow guy? He's still alive. He's still alive. But he dies in season ten. <laughs> how do you know that? Because I read. Oh, Spoiler, sorry. If you, wow. Daryl died. You literally just spoiled every like. If there's Walking Dead, no. Listeners. It's a, but they already. If, if you're watching it live on TV, they already know. It or the season's already aired on television. Okay. I just don't have the capacity to wait till 10 o'clock at night to watch a tv show on tv when netflix will bring it on in a month or so you've got plenty capacious areas <laughs> in here. <laughs> okay so now that we gave a shout out to gilbert high meat department it's incredible <laughs> yes um 
they're gonna have a new teacher there in the fall so hopefully he does a really good job there yeah. as well just like Bashong did um you came to u of a right after high school to the university of arizona where we're sitting in tucson right now um and you kind of i mean you could have gone and judged somewhere and i know we talked about this earlier but i want to kind of how, walk you through this again just so people can hear it because hurts a little bit this happens time. to a lot of people yeah. though i mean a lot of people do this so i think it's important for other people to hear yeah so me and Cannon are the same age but he's i don't know how he's a grade ahead of me because our birthday, my mom put me in our kindergarten birthdays too are early. literally 20 days apart 23 yeah. days 23 days apart but so he goes off to judge and i'm like man that's cool like they're gonna pay for basically pay for his you know two years to go judge and i'm like that's something I want to do. And so I'm going through my senior year thinking about where I want to go. I had an offer from Clarendon, and then I was thinking about Casper. Like, do I want to apply? Do I want to reach out? And I, I really don't know what it was, man. I just – a little bit was just scared to leave home. Yeah. But the other part of it was just like if I really want to do this pig deal, it's going to be hard to do it somewhere where I don't know people. Yeah. And – and not that I'm a wimp or a wuss or something, but just like it's smart to be in an area where if, you're, if you've been successful, if you've been successful and you know it and you know you're successful, why leave? Yeah. Why, why try to, like, maybe you want a challenge. And But at 18, I wasn't ready to go take on the entire world. Yeah. You know, I was ready to take on Maricopa County and that's about it. Yeah. But so I decided, you know, I'm just going to tough it out and stay in Tucson. And, and honestly, gosh, I, I always say like, I'd love to go back to high school and play football instead of raise livestock and just see, just to see what it would have turned out like. Maybe I would have gone to the NFL. Maybe I wouldn't have. Probably not. But you never know. You never know. You never know. You know. You think you could have made it to the NFL? No. God, no. Just say yes. Yeah. So I can put it in the cold open. Yeah. So you think you can get into the NFL? Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> I'm not going to put that in the cold open. <laughs> but, like... I wouldn't have done it any other way. Yeah. Like there are times where I'm like, man, it would have been cool to judge, but there are so many people that what? never judged that yeah. are very successful. And that was kind of my thought process. Behind well, this it. is what I was going to say is like, everything happens for a reason. I, I believe that ex- 100% like, down to the core. So even though mine like, is going to Montana and clipping bowls, I love, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so because you came to U of A and because you met the people that you did and because you were able to, Keep the pigs here. I think you you, it it has only helped you develop what you're doing now. You met Haven here. You would have never met Haven if you would have gone elsewhere. Shout out Haven. Shout Love out you. Haven. Um, you would have never met her. So I mean, there is a reason why you came to U of A. So I know you said like, and I know you're joking, like, oh, it hurts when I talk about it. But like, I just don't like reliving the past, man. No. Reliving but the, like, yeah. but literally, yeah, no, I I totally agree. Everything happens for a reason, and it's good to have life experiences that you never thought you would. And, yeah. Coming to U of A right away, just being away from home. Yeah. Everyone, if you if you've gotten to college and you you know your first year away is so mind opening. I would say just you you get to sleep till whenever you want to. If you don't want to go to class, you don't have to go to <laughs> class, and uh, you eat what you want. We're you gonna bleep that out so the kids don't hear. Go to class, guys. <laughs> but you know it's just like it's crazy. And so like I went to school and there were. You know, I didn't know what to do right out because I didn't really have a place to keep animals then. So I was kind of driving back and forth. But there were opportunities with with a couple clubs, AGR and Aggie House. And it was kind of 
that was kind of the thing to do. So I, you know, was being courted, you know, by both. Courted. Yeah, it's a better word. <laughs> I think it's a good word. And uh, ended up joining AGR. And uh, if you don't know what Aggie House is, it doesn't matter. So No one knows what Aggie House is. And so I said it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, man. All the, the Arizona Aggie guys. <laughs> if, if, if there's any lives. Arizona Aggie guys that are listening. What is going on here? Yeah. Uh, Aggie House is like a like farmhouse, farm but for but it's not a national organization. It's just a house in Arizona. It's not even an organization. It's a house in Arizona <laughs> that, that farmers own that a bunch of dairymen own, like a West Side dairyman, basically. Yeah, basically. and farmers. So yeah, that's another house at U of A. We don't need to get into it. Yeah, it doesn't. Matter. We're rivals. Like I said, doesn't matter. It's not like we're really into it. Not even a little bit. No. Um. Anyways. <laughs> joined HER and uh you know what a a cool way to just be welcomed into an organization by the president and to have them ask you like what do you think about this like to get somebody's thoughts who's so fresh to the to the school to the town to the organization and they're like you know Jared was like to me and Colton what do you think about this what do you think about our schedule and I'm like and you're not even in yet. No, not even in yet. He he's asking us because I don't know, he's dumb. Well, he had known you, he had known both <laughs> oh, of yeah. you for a while. Yeah. yeah. But to ask, you know, if you want to get people bought in on a culture, you got to start right away. You yeah. got to start from the beginning. It starts at the top, like I said, like even at Gilbert, like it starts at the top and it works its way down because if you're not bought in from the top, it's never going to reach the bottom. So, but just to be courted like that. <laughs> I like that word. Um, courted. <laughs> It just, it was so cool. It made me feel wanted and made me feel like I belong there until Dominic Brown came and told me I looked like I should be at Aggie House, but whatever. I still joined. Thanks, Dom, <laughs> if you're listening. But um, I don't think he listens. No, I don't think he knows how to. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it just, it's so cool to have people want you there. And I think that even translates to like the livestock show community. Like if you're a breeder or you're a jock and you don't give your people the time of day, there's always going to be the next person in line that's going to come and show them how they should be treated. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I learn a lot of lessons and relate them back to each other throughout my life experiences. And I think it works pretty good, but I hope it works good anyways. <laughs> now you were talking about kind of staying in your comfort zone a little bit, staying at U of A, staying in Arizona, but you did some other things that kind of put you out of your comfort zone. You, you, Ran for the junior board, the NJSA yeah. junior board. Step one, well, step one, worked for for Heimer for yeah. su- for j- j- July, August of the summer between my freshman and sophomore year. That was step one, and then seeing you on the junior board just lit a fire under me. Like that's so cool. Like he gets to travel everywhere and impact people. Like you know, we talked about that last time, Greg Cron and uh, gosh, damn. David. David Ammon, yeah, were like gods to us. They, they were just like, gods. They were just so cool. <laughs> and even when we saw them after they weren't on the board, you yeah. know, just such good guys, you know. And I wanted to be a guy like that for other kids. And to see you be able to do it, and to see Hannah be able to do it, I was like, I've always been, I've always second thought myself. I've always just never thought I was maybe good enough, whatever. But you guys gave me hope. They're like, oh yeah, like people from Arizona can do this. And so you guys kind of paved that way for a lot of us that you know still want to do that stuff so it was just really cool to see you guys do it and then you know you introduced me to kaylee and ellen and that just made me feel more at home because kaylee and ellen shout out kaylee you're not there anymore it's okay but ellen shout out ellen i saw her this weekend 
How she is there. she? She's good. Ellen's a sweetheart. Yep. She said she that was the only thing she could do to get away from her kids was to go to the Heimer's Yeah. That's <laughs> the way to do it. I don't think Colton Olaf listens to this, but he wouldn't be hurt. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, just to join the junior board and to be able to travel the country and make all those connections, I think you'd probably agree. Just those connections that you make for those two years is just crazy. I mean, oh, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't be doing this podcast right now if I wasn't on the junior board. If I wasn't if I wasn't like uh, exposed to all of it cuz I'd been to Expo. We'd been to Expo before. Yeah. But I wasn't exposed to the regional shows. I wasn't exposed to Summer Spectacular in Louisville. Yeah. I, I mean there's so many things about that youth organization that is so great that I hadn't experienced until I was on the junior board to where I was like, "Oh my gosh." Yeah. This is a whole I mean there's a lot of people in this community. And that was kind of my whole basis for wanting to be on the junior board was to help reach those corners of the country where 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 kids feel like how i felt like you know i'm one kid in arizona that wants to go show pigs everywhere nobody else wants to do that everybody wants to do that every every kid that shows not every kid but there's a lot of kids i mean like the type in family in oregon like i met kai at western regional kai's awesome and now he's on junior board and just to be able to to meet with more kids that their passion is the same as yours and to help build that passion is just, that was my dream and that's what I really wanted to do. And that's why I still do what I do. So, yeah, I just think, uh, it, it was an incredible experience and I was so happy that you were, you wanted to do it. I mean, it, it was that two years. It's a lot. I mean, it went, even it, especially when you're at expo, when you're at summer spectacular, it's so much work. God, I, sometimes I'm just like, <laughs> How did we get through Get it? me out of those, here. Those were the longest weeks. Expo? Expo do, do was... You feel, how do you feel for the kids now? Because they only have the one summer show. Are you jealous? Very jealous. Very yeah. jealous. And the schedule now helps them. Like, they don't have to do the overnights anymore. Like, I think the, <laughs> the crossbred guilt show doesn't run till midnight anymore. Which is... Whoa. Crazy. What a great idea. Whose idea was that? Oh my gosh. Like, it... I, I'm not jealous. I, I had a good time. Congratulations to everybody that's on the junior board. Love it. I saw Mick this weekend, and he said he was sorry for not getting on the podcast. That guy. <laughs> that guy. I have called Mick Bellamy. If you guys know Mick. Toad. Toad, if you don't come on this podcast within the next two weeks, I'm going to be upset. Because- it was so funny, man. I, I saw, He like pulled up the Heimers, and I was like, hey, Toad, how's it going, man? Like, It's good to see you. He's like... Your counterpart in Arizona is probably really pissed at me. And I was like, why? Counterpart. <laughs> Literally. And I was like, first I was like, who are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, well, Cannon. I was like, oh, yeah. He's like, well, he keeps trying to get me on the podcast. And I've just been too dang busy with the draft and everything yeah. they had going on. I was like, whatever. You're so full of it. You have nothing but time on the road, Mick. Come I'm on. I'm saying. I'm like. But I don't like to do road interviews because you can cut out a service. That's true. It That's could be true. a bad deal. But so. all I'm saying is if the yeah. CEO yeah. can make Yeah, time. Clay's been on. Yeah. Mick, get on here. Yeah, I'm going to have to go to Clay. He's going to mandate it. Ooh, <laughs> CEO coming down. No. But, uh, no shout but, out to the NSR staff. Yeah, shout out to the NSR staff. They do incredible work. Um, You just graduated. You just got a job being an ag teacher at Desert Ridge High School. Shout out. Desert Ridge High School, those kids are going to be incredible with your tutelage. But you're also raising hogs on the side, too. You still have this client base. Yeah. 
are you nervous about like juggling that? I mean, I know a lot of first year teachers, they get a little, they get a little overwhelmed with work because they don't expect that much work being an ag teacher. What do you think? I'm excited. Okay. I'm very excited yeah. to be able to, you know, my day job gets to be molding the mind of, you know, the next generation. And then my, my extra stuff is, is still helping them. But like I was, every time my dad's like, are you sure we need to buy another bread, Sal? You sure have a lot going on? I'm like, I just need to be built up right now, Dad. Okay, yeah. I don't need to be told I can't do it. <laughs> Not that he's telling me I can't do it. He's yeah. very supportive. Yeah. But it's 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 a lot to think about. But I'm very, very excited for the opportunity to teach ag and to still continue to raise shell pigs because there's – first off, I don't know what I would do without kids and pigs. Yeah. Like, that's just – it's been my passion from day one. And, and teaching ag, I mean, it's – it's all part of the same deal. It's all part of the same passion. I just get a little better paycheck, I think. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, it's steady, consistent. It's yeah. a consistent paycheck. But man, I'm I'm pumped for like to to coach teams and to yeah, dude. My my they always ask me. I I interviewed three or four times before I got hired there. And they're like, well, what's your favorite part of teaching? And I'm like, it's that aha moment where the kids click. Like, yeah. oh my god, that's why Mister Rogers told me to do this like and that's my it's and that goes across the board for teaching ag and for helping kids raise show pigs when they understand like you got to hit the pig under the tip of the nose to get yes. its head up and not on the side of the face when they go in that ring and they get it done and they're they win their class they're like oh my god like my parents aren't dumb <laughs> <laughs> i could have been doing this the so whole long time. ago yeah. yeah and that's uh, lots of time that's what it comes down to is they just kids don't listen to their parents and that's why they have to outsource help yeah but uh I'm I'm really excited yeah. to do it. If you need a uh, assistant coach with livestock judging, Oof. hit me up. Dude. Oh, I thought you were gonna tell me like call Zane or something, or Josie. You didn't. You didn't think I was gonna say me? <laughs> I was joking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm stoked for that. I mean, that has to be like the most fun. Have you watched? Uh, have you seen the movie um, Dead Poet Society? Mm. What? Yeah, bro. Is it good? Robin Williams. I haven't seen Robin that. Williams, 90s Robin Williams. Dead like, Poet Society. In the heat. Oh, Captain, my captain. I'll have to put that down. Put it in your notes right now. I think it's on Netflix. Maybe. Look up Dead Poet Society. It, dude. I thought you were going to say, like, School of Rock. <laughs> School of Rock is still a great movie. I know. Okay, but... Jack Black. Are you kidding me? Miranda Cosgrove as a young buck. So yeah, watch Dead Poet Society. That'll light a fire under you to be a good teacher. Robin Williams, oh my gosh, dude. When you watch that, you're just like, that's the guy. Have you seen Good Will Hunting? I've like dabbled it. I haven't. You don't dabble in it. Well, I like watch the first 10 minutes and then oh I'm like, God. I want to go to sleep. Dude, <laughs> yeah. watch Good Will Hunting all okay. the way through. That's another one that'll the help you The only part out. of Good Will Hunting, is it in Step Brothers? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like... <laughs> Is it Step Brothers? No, it, it's it is Step Brothers. He's me and Jake did it for our intro to oh. the episode. He said, "Yeah, so uh, sometimes I, or I'm a janitor at a local college. Yeah. Uh, I see an equation on the board sometimes, and I uh, I just finish it out. And <laughs> I'm actually a genius, but uh, is that the plot of Goodwill Hunting? Hunting? No, 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 that's not that's not the plot. No. Should I pull it up? Should I play it? I think I can to. play it yeah, on the pod. Sure. Should, okay, you keep him entertained here. Um, hi. <laughs> I'm not going to play it. Why did the chicken cross the road? How dare you? Why? 
I don't know. Okay, do you hear that train in the back? <laughs> yeah. Okay, Goodwill Hunting, Step Brothers, here we go. <laughs> no. By you telling me a little something about yourself. I work at a college as a janitor, <laughs> even though I feel like I'm smarter than most of the people that go there. Sometimes I see an equation written on a blackboard, like half an equation, and I'll just figure it out. Is this Goodwill Hunting? No. It sounds a lot like the plot of Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, my best friend is Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> That's anyway. fantastic. My, friend, my best friend is Ben Affleck. That's fantastic. <laughs> All right, um, give me one more thing, one more question. Uh, you've listened to a couple episodes, so you know how I like to end. I like to ask my guest, if you had any advice to give anybody listening, what would it be? And you've got to have this ready. Now that you're an act teacher, you have to have this ready. to your mind because some kid's going to be like, Mr. Rogers? What? Mr. Rogers. People are going to call you that. Yeah. You're going to have to wear sweaters. No. Okay, they're going to say, Mr. Rogers, I'm having tough a tough time with life. Will you give me some advice? That's where you say this. Sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sucks to suck, man. Yeah. No. No, I, really just my biggest advice to any show kids out there, just kids in general, just take a, take a risk. Yeah. Because the best way you're going to learn in life is by failing. And I've failed so many times. You know? Same. So many times, and you the best way to learn is by failing. And whether it's buying that show guilt for a stupid amount of money or going to a show where you think you got in the bag when you really are so outside of yourself, like you, you should not have even gone, you know. Yeah, take a risk though, because you're never going to get better if you don't. And if you're if you're sitting at home not going to shows and not taking that opportunity, even if you think you're not good enough. I mean, you're talk. You're sitting here talking to two kids that you know. I was fifth in, at the World Pork Expo, and you got callbacks, yeah. and and our uh, one of our other good friends won the Crossbreed Guilt Show there. Yeah. Like, if you don't take risks, and you, most of the times when you take a risk and it pays off, it's a big payoff. I mean, it's a big one. I mean, I would not have been able to make a connection with. I'll say the best big pig breeder in the country, the most prolific pig breeder in the country uh, when it comes to wins and and how they treat their customers and, and the youth that they work with. That would just wouldn't have happened if I wouldn't have You're tried. talking about Roger's livestock? <laughs> Heimer Hamster. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you're talking about Aunt Walters? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. No, but I agree with you. Like, take risks. Why take not? Risks. Especially at our age, here's the deal. We've been talking for an hour and 15 minutes. We've just been talking shit. Like, no one should have to listen to this. We are just <laughs> dumb 23-year-olds. One college grad. One, I guess I'm on my way, hopefully, <laughs> college grad. We're just, I mean, we have, we're so young, dude. We don't know anything. But here's here's us. Speak for yourself. I know some stuff. But you I know some stuff. <laughs> We are still very young in this industry. We have a lot yeah. to learn yet. A lot of and growth. I, but I think it's good for our age group and younger to take risks. Yeah. To not be scared to take risks because why not? I mean, you're young. Do it. Just do it. Just do it, man. Take take the risk. And, and if it doesn't pay off that time, you'll be better prepared for the next time. Because yeah. 
you never know how it's going to play out. You, you just don't. But you got to do your homework and, and be ready for anything that comes your way. I agree. We'll end it on that. Kevin, thank you. Thanks a lot, dude. I know, I mean, we did a, we did an episode before this. It didn't work out, and I'm a dummy on the technology, but uh, truly yes, you are. are one of, you truly are like my oldest friend, and I, I love you to death, and I'm happy to have you on the podcast. Love you too, buddy. All right, I'll talk to you later. All right, man. Bye. Time's limited, so you must listen carefully. Kevin's just an outstanding guy. Honestly, like I said in the beginning, we've been friends for so long. I know him so well. He knows me so well. He calls me on my bullshit so much. Like that was, Kevin was a friend. Like when I was younger, that just called me on my bullshit every time. Like he knew when I was when I was bullshitting somebody. He knew when I was trying to front. Like I like I knew something when I absolutely did not. And he always called me out on it. And sometimes I was like, that sucks. I mean, sometimes I just want to get away with knowing stuff that I don't know. And uh, Kevin wouldn't let that happen. And I appreciate that. You need somebody like that around in your life that just brings you down a peg or two. Um, And that was Kevin for me. And we just, I I love the man. I love him to death. uh, And I hope he he is extremely successful with his future. And hopefully you guys uh, can get to know Kevin in the future. Meet him. See him at a show. Go up to him and talk to him. He's hard to miss. All right? That's all I got for you guys this week. Um, I love you. Okay, stay safe out there. Be safe. Okay, I love you. Bye.